Masechet Gitin, Daf Yod. Two topics today. The first Mishnah is about a Samaritan signing a get, and the next one will be about a non-Jew signing a get. Mishnah, Kol get sheyesh alav ayed kuti, pasul, hoz megiten nashim veshichrure avadim. Any get, get has uh, 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 multiple meanings. It re- essentially, it means a document, any kind of legal document. Usually, when we say get, especially in Masechet Gitin, it's going to refer to a get nashim. But when we specify get nashim as opposed to get, so then here, get means any legal document. So the point is here, any legal document that has on it a, a, a Samaritan witness, the get is no good except for Gitin nashim and a document uh, that will free a slave. In those cases, um, a Samaritan um, uh, witness is okay. Now the Gemara is going to discuss whether it mean one or or more. See, it just says here, Yeshav Ed Kuti, Ed in singular, not Edim. Um, so the Gemara will in fact conclude that only if one Samaritan witness is on it, that's okay, but two would not be good. Uh, from a simple reading of the Mishnah, it sounds like it's just saying even one is no good for other legal documents, but for Get Nashim, it is good, one, even two. And the simple reading is supported by the following story. There was a story that they brought to Daban Gamliel, uh, who lived in Kfarotnai, a get of a woman, and there was on it two Edav, multiple um, Samaritan witnesses, and he said that was fine. So it looks like this uh, story is coming to support the the opinion that was just said. And so uh, in a legal, regular de- legal document, no Samaritan witnesses are allowed. In the Get Nashim, Shikhre Abadim, then you can have one or two uh, uh, witnesses. That's the Peshat of the Mishnah. And now let's analyze. It seems that nobody can be the author of this Mishnah, which is going to be a problem. Now, what are we talking about? These are three different opinions. Tanaim, who said something about the status of Samaritans regarding Pesach. And we're going to assume that their, stat, their status regarding Pesach, Masa, is going to be the same regarding this halacha of Gitin. Detanya, Masat Kuti Muteret, Vadam Yoseba Yidehovato be Pesach. Tanakama says that if a Kuti, a Samaritan, makes Matzah, um, and um, Samaritans surely celebrate Pesach even until today. The Samaritans who live up in the north of Israel, less than a thousand of them, they celebrate uh, Pesach. And they actually have a different calendar than ours. So some people like to go there on their on their Pesach uh, just to see because they bring sheep and they put it on spits and they barbecue it in big pits. You can look on YouTube if you don't want to go yourself. So they actually celebrate full-on Korban Pesach. Um, so you should go and uh, you can, you can go and see it. You can't go and join them because we don't we don't believe that we can make a korban pesach nowadays. Um, but what about their masa? Let's say you want to let's say it's on pesach and you want to go and eat their masa and use it. Would that be allowed? According to Tanakama, yes, it's fine. Um, so Tanakama is assuming that Samaritans follow mitzvot, right? Generally, and uh, follow, follow them sufficiently, similarly to uh, the Jews, that you can follow them. He may he, he seems to be saying that they Samaritans were 
proper converts, were kosher converts, as we saw, uh, we mentioned yesterday, right, that they were, um, uh, they were uh, part of the northern tribes mixed in with other people, but then the lions came, and they were scared of the lions, and so they brought a Kohen to teach them Torah, and they learned Torah, and they, and they converted, even though they did it out of fear, but it was a good conversion, and so they're following the laws sufficiently well, you can eat their masot. This is Rabbi Al-Azhar the Tana. That's Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua. Not to be confused with Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Pedat, the Amorat, who we're going to encounter in a minute. So Rabbi Al-Azhar Stam, in the context of a Braita, as in here, is Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua. He says it's no good because Samaritans are not careful in the details of Misvot. Um, um, you could read Matzot here too. Um, they they are, uh, they, yes, they make masot because they're making Korban Pesach, but they don't do the, the right procedure the same way that uh, is required in order to do the misvah. And therefore, you cannot trust them with matzot, and that would make sense. Therefore, you cannot trust them with other things like, uh, like gitin. Okay, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Rabashpag says it depends on the it depends on the on the issue. Uh, you can't make one blanket statement for all Samaritans on all issues. Any mitzvah that the Samaritans do keep, do embrace, they do it better than Jews, right? So they don't do all the mitzvot. In general, they have a, uh, they only have the five books, Chumash, not even Nevim Ketuvim, and not the oral law. Uh, but whatever mitzvot they do keep, they're even more stringent and extra, extra careful. So you can trust them on those mitzvot, but not on other mitzvot. So we'll have to see. So uh, if this fits in, if Kitin fits in or does not fit in. So now let's analyze the three. Mane, who, which of these three, I mean, this seems to be the three opinions about Samaritan. So which one of these might be the author of our Mishnah? If it's Tanakama who says that you can trust a Samaritan regarding his Matzot, because they're good, they're good Samaritans, as we say, right? They're good converts, and they follow mitzvot. If they, you can eat their matzot, and you can eat their, you can use their giten nashim. Um, you can, they can be signatories on giten nashim. Then they should also be be able to witness witness other types of documents. So they should be kosher over or across the board. So that can't be the author of our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said that for other legal documents, the Samaritan is no good. So Tanakama trusts them too much. said you cannot either eat their matzot. They are not careful in mitzvot, and that's why you cannot use their legal documents because they're not careful regarding the laws of testimony. But if that's true, you you cannot trust them regarding the get isha because they're not worth. They're not uh, trustworthy. Or that they don't have the the same levels of details of the interpretations of the law, and so um, while they have some kind of laws regarding that marriage and, and divorce, but it's not the same as ours, and so therefore we couldn't trust them regarding anything. So to be Alazad, still to be Alazad ben Shamoa, the Atana says you cannot trust them. Uh, shouldn't then he can't be the author of the Mishnah because he would not allow them to even be for Gitin, and our Mishnah said they can sign a get. 
Eidach Zuk Afilu Sha'ashtarot Nameh, Eidelach Zuk Afilu Get Isha Nameh La. So Dashbag says, well, it depends on the issue. Okay, fine. Here's my, is the issue is testimony. Um, are Samaritans worthy? Do they hold on and are they careful regarding the laws of testimony? If they are, then they should be valid witnesses for all types of legal documents. And if they're, if they're, if they don't uh, keep the laws of testimony properly, then they should not be relied upon, not for any type of legal document and not for get isha. What would be the reason why you would split and say they can be believed for get isha, but not for um, uh, other, another financial document? So now we're stuck because no, none of these three can be the author of the Mishnah. Now, regarding Rashbag, maybe you'll say, okay, the Samaritans, they do, they are careful when it comes to the laws of Gitin. Uh, they have similar laws and they're very, very careful and very machmir. Um, but they don't have, they're, they're not careful and they don't have the laws of uh, other financial f- financial documents. For that, they they're they're not um, uh, not well versed and um, they have have not held on to those laws. So maybe we can you know go within the issue. There's two subtopics within general testimony, and so yes, they're careful with one but not the other. In that case. Why would the Mishnah rule that you can only have one Samaritan sign on the get? Right, you see how we're interpreting it as, as one. If they are careful, then even two should be, you can even have two Samaritans on a get nashim. Here, this is Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Pedat, Rabbi Al-Azhar Stam, if it's an Amora, is Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Pedat, a second generation, uh, Amora, as opposed to, once again, Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua, who is a Tana, a fourth generation student of Rabbi Akiva. Okay, so he was uh, Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Shamua, was up in the Braita. This is Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Pedat, who is the Amora, who, and he, in, his interpretation of our Mishnah is, you see if he's interpreting a Mishnah, you can tell he's an Amora, um, that when the sages say in the Mishnah that you can believe a, you can use a Samaritan as a valid witness, that's only as one of the signatories. That's the max, but you have to have one. One Samaritan, you can have one Samaritan, but you have to have one Jew um, as well signing on it. And so if it's Banshimon Begamliel is the author, and he thinks that Samaritans are careful with the laws of Gitin, Gitin Nashim, then even two should be allowed. So now we're stuck. We have no author. And our answer is, In fact, it could be El-Azad. He said that we cannot trust Samaritans regarding any mitzvot. However, we're talking about a very specific case where um, we, have, we have two names, one below the other, and you have the Samaritan's name first, and then a Jew's name afterwards on the bottom line. And if not that the Samaritan was trustworthy, then the Jew on the second line would not have signed it. Uh, no, this is actually important law that if someone's a witness, they should check on who was the other witness, right? And if you know the other witness is a gambler, he says, listen, I, I don't want to be associated with the, with this guy, right? 
Uh, I saw him gambling last night because I was playing with him. No, he wasn't also, then he would also be a gambler. Okay, so the point is that um, if the Samaritan's name is first, and then we have a, 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 good, a good Jew, a kosher guy, who is signed second, we can assume that the second one saw the first guy signing and said, oh, I, this guy is a Samaritan. Uh, but you know what? I know the Samaritan. I know him to be a particularly punctilious one, and he observes the mitzvot properly the way the, the according to rabbinic interpretation. And he's called a kuti, haved, even though he's a kuti, not all, uh, not all Samaritans are the same. Haved, meaning he's one of the group. Haved can also mean someone or, uh, with someone within the rabbinic group who's extra careful regarding Maaser, right, other things. So haved means that he is uh, very punctilious, and this guy, he's okay, and therefore I'm going to sign under, un, under him. So therefore, it could be that our Mishnah is in fact the opinion of Rabbi El Azar, uh, the Tana, Rabbi El Azar ben Shamoah, who says, in general, we do not trust Samaritans, not their mitzvot, matzot, not their mitzvot. But um, if you have, uh, if you know a particular Samaritan is good, and how do you know that? Well, someone signed his name afterwards, which indicates that this is a good Samaritan. Then that's then um, uh, you can trust him, and that's he's the opinion of our Mishnah is talking about such a case. That would explain why the Mishnah is only allowing one Samaritan, which is the opinion of Rabbi El Azad ben Pedat. So Rabbi El Azad ben Pedat happens to. Uh, be useful in explaining why the Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua. Um, and uh, so that's then that's only okay. The Mishnah is only okay in a situation where you have Samaritan signature and under it a Jew signature testifying that the Samaritan is okay. Now we ask, if that's the case, then even a, not, a, a regular legal document, other legal documents, if you have a Samaritan signature and then a, and then a Jewish signature, they should be believed also. But our Mishnah says no, not even one Samaritan on other legal documents. So why not? Oh, because for other legal documents, we worry maybe the second guy who signed the Jew did not actually see the signature of the first guy. Maybe he signed first on the second line. Why would he do that? Because he thought that the other guy uh, who's going to other witness who was not who was not uh, there at the time uh, he thought that the other witness is going to be someone older than him right let's say the, uh, the 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 Jew who's signing on it is a young guy he's he's 20 year old guy and so he's like uh, whoever else is going to sign probably going to be older than me I want to be humble I'm going to put my line my, my signature on the second line and then afterwards he leaves and then the Samaritan walks in and he signs the first empty line and so just because someone is signed a Jew is signed on the second line does not necessarily Necessarily mean that he is testifying that the Samaritan on the first guy on the first line is a good Jew. That's why we cannot believe uh, we cannot have a Samaritan on a legal document. And then we turn around and ask. Well, then in the case of a get, also there will be the same problem that a Jew first uh, signs on the second line and leaves the first line open for an older person. But then the Samaritan comes and signs on the first line, and therefore should be no good because we're still following that saying that this is all the B. Al-Azhar ben Shamua, who does not trust a Samaritan 
unless other unless uh, we have testimony that this is a good Samaritan haver. So to answer the question, Amara Papa Zotomerit and Hotmin The Papa says, Oh, we can see from here that there's a special rule regarding get gitenashim that the signatories have to sign all together. They all have to be there to sign. With other cases you can have one guy sign and then another guy come later and sign. But for a get nashim they have to be aware of each other. Because they have to be aware of each other, if we see two lines, Samaritan then Jew, then we can assume that they were at there at the same time and the Jew saw the Samaritan that he's going to be the other signatory and said oh that's okay I know this guy he's a good Samaritan and so he was okay with signing together with the Samaritan and so therefore if you have a Samaritan and then a Jewish signature that's okay and that explains why only that's only true for Gideon Hashim and not for other cases and that's why one Samaritan signature is is good but if you have two then there's no one testifying that they're both good Samaritans now regarding it Papa's rule Maitama, what is the reason for his rule that the signatories on a get have to be there all together? Because we worry about a case where the husband might say, let's say there's a group of uh, five people in the room, and he says, I'll, I will give a get, go and write a get to my, uh, uh, go write a get, and all of you sign this get for my wife. I want everybody to be involved and I want everybody to sign it. In that case, the get is only valid if everybody there does in fact sign it. So how are you going to know that everybody there, uh, that everybody's going to sign it? That means they all have to be together. right? If I see um, I'm there, uh, two of us are there, and the other three guys aren't there, but we heard him say, all of you sign it, so we can't just sign without the others because then I'm testifying that this is good, but I don't know if the others are going to sign it. So therefore, in the case like that, we then for sure you have to have everybody there, so make sure everybody signs it. And the rabbis made a gezera that in all cases, even if the husband doesn't say kulchem, he just says, you know, anyone, go and sign it, that we were going to make sure that, every, um, um, that the signatories are there together um, and see each other and sign it at the same time. So that's the reason for the rule of the papa. But once we have that rule, then we, it's useful that, because it means that if one line is a Samaritan and the next line is a Jew, then we can trust them. And so that's the answer. Our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua, who happens to be, um, is in agreement with the, according to this explanation, uh, the um, limitation of the Mishnah to only one get to Rabbi Elazar ben Pedat. Now that we mention Rabbi Elazar ben Pedat, let's analyze his opinion further. Gufa Amar this is the Amora. Says regarding our Mishnah, when this Mishnah says you're allowed to have a Samaritan, it's only one Samaritan is permitted, um, and that fits the language, the opening language of the Mishnah that says one Aed on a different legal document is no good, and so how do we know that? Because it says in the Mishnah, right? Call get and alav Aed kuti pasul, since it uses the singular um, uh, to say that that on another document that's no good. That means only one is good for a get nashim. We ask. So now we now we wonder. Oh, is the question. What are you teaching us? Isn't it evident from the Mishnah itself? So we say no, because if I had the only the language of the Mishnah, I could have interpreted it differently. This 
this is in fact how I interpreted it as the Peshat reading of the Mishnah, um, that uh, it's saying that regard uh, uh, that uh, really two can be good on a get nashim. You can have two Samaritans. But so why does it say one in the opening of the Mishnah? Because for other legal documents, even one is no good. That's why it says kol get ayed kuti. If it has even only one ed, that other legal document is no good. But for a for a get nashim, even two is good. And then it follows with the story of Rabban Gamliel. So that would be a normal reading, and that's that is in fact the reading that you would have assumed, because that's the Peshat reading. That's why Rabbi Elazar had to come along and say. No, I don't. I disagree with that. That so-called Peshat reading. That's not true. That's not the way you should understand it. You should understand one as davka. Um, uh, one only one is good for a get nashim, but not two. Now we ask utrela. Wait, so you're saying that two witnesses on the get nashim, uh, two Samaritans is no good. We have a story of Gamliel, and he had a get nashim, and had witnesses, uh, uh, Samaritan witnesses, plural, and he said it's okay. But you just told me to be Allah said it's not okay. You know what? You have to change the language of the story. And I know it says, You have to change it to, Right? And so only, only it was only, in fact, in that story is only one Aed. All right, that's difficult to have to, you know, now go change the language of the Mishnah. So we have another answer. No, really, leave the two in the story. Rabban Gamliel is arguing on Tanakama. So we have Tanakama. He said that one ayed on a, a different legal document is no good, but one Samaritan ayed on a get in Nashim or get Shechurevadim is good. Only one, but not two. That was Tanakama. Then Rabban Gamliel comes and argues and says, um, no, even two Samaritans, okay? And in fact, there's a story where Rabban Gamliel himself permitted such a such a thing so it could be uh, I mean, according to the way you also have to change the words of the of the mishnah so how is that any better from uh than abaye well actually it's a little better because you don't necessarily have to change the words there is a structure sometimes in mishnah well you have a law and then you have a maaseh listod you have a you have a story that actually is disagrees with that law and so even without adding the words in uh literally into the mishnah uh we're not rewriting the mishnah but it means he's saying understand the mishnah as there's tanakama and then there's a story about Rabban Gamliel, but in that story, he is showing how the, that he disagrees with, with Tanakama. Rabban Gamliel did not follow that law, because he says even two are good. All right, so that's, uh, that's all for Samaritans. And now we come to uh, non-Jews. Tanakama says that any document, legal financial documents, that, um, uh, that come from a Gentile court, right, and they're written there, um, even, even if the non-Jews are signing on that document, that's okay. We're going to see. This reason is because Dina de Malchuta, Dina, the government issues some, you know, monetary uh, policy, order, law, right? So that's okay. So therefore, if it's written up in a non Jewish court that I owe you money or that this is mine, 
then uh, that's a valid document. However, but regarding a get nashim, that has to be signed by Jewish uh, uh, witnesses. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, even even those documents are okay if they were signed in a court, a non-Jewish court. What's the problem if they are done not in a not in a non-Jewish court, but just by common people? Hejot, the same word, same root as our English word idiot, but it has much more of a negative uh, uh, connotation in English. And ancient times in ancient Greek and in, in Hebrew, it just meant a common person, not a not a professional judge. So if it's just two common non-Jews off the street who signed the get, it's no good. But according to Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon. If it was signed by non-Jews, but it was done in a non-Jewish court by professionals there, then it is valid. The Gemara will have a lot of explaining to do for all of the clauses of, of Mishnah, but today we'll just look at the first clause, that for financial documents in a non-Jewish court, they are valid. The Mishnah does not make any distinction between documents of sale and gift documents. Sounds like there are, both of those financial types of documents are good if they are from a non-Jewish court. Now, let's explain. We understand why in a non-Jewish court a sale document would be valid because when regarding a sale, that the sale is effect, effectuated by giving money, right? If I pay in front of the in front of the judges; they see it. And uh, once the money transfers, um, then the transaction is uh, is uh, is validated. And so the document is just there as proof. Uh, so the the document is not doing anything. And if not that the person actually gave the money in front of the judges, they would not, um, to their detriment, write a document as as a receipt to say, yeah, he paid. If he didn't pay, uh, judges care about their reputation. And so therefore, since the document is not actually effectuating thing anything, it's only proof. And we can assume that if the judges allowed this document to be written and in fact did it, uh, the money did uh, change hands and it's the money changing hands that by itself affects ways to tra- effectuate the transaction so therefore uh, from a halachic point of view he gave him money he paid for the thing so that happens with between the two of them and the judges and their document are just there as proof for later on and fine we can trust it as proof the document is not actually doing any uh, anything it's not changing any legal status regarding a gift however um, there's no money changing hands so what may if I want to give you a gift of some uh, land so what what how does the gift transfer is not by money because there is no money it's a gift it's only by giving you the document signing the document here this is a deed that I am handing over to you and through that that you are acquiring it but this document, it's like a shard of clay. It's not worth anything. It's not worth the paper it's written on, um, or the clay it's written on, because it's written in a uh, in a non-Jewish court. 
And so, therefore, the transaction actually never happens. From a halachic Jewish law point of view, there is no transac transaction, there is no gift, and so it can't work, right? So that's the difference between, it's not necessarily if it has to, if it's a sale document or a gift document, the distinction is between any document that is there only as proof that something had happened, fine, uh, that I can accept from a non-Jewish court. But a document that has to effectuate a change, that how can we accept from a non-Jewish court? And yet the Mishnah categorically says all financial documents are good. And the famous statement, as everybody seems to agree with, that the law of the kingdom is the law. When it comes to financial matters, uh, various ways to explain the reasoning for Shemuel, but it seems to be that you chose to live in this law in this land, and so you're submitting yourself to the laws of the land. Uh, just like when you uh, uh, go on someone's private property or you join in uh, in a condo, so you're say you're accepting upon yourself the laws of that of that uh, um, uh, condo and or laws of that particular land if someone owns it. And in countries back then, the king owned the whole land, right? It was basically his property and he lets you live here. Um, but the king can say you can live here. But if you sign this thing, then you have to give the land to, to that person. And so therefore, whatever laws the land uh, declares, those are legally binding upon everybody, uh, including Jews, under Jewish law will require the, 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 the Jews to follow, right? Jews are obligated by Jewish law to follow the laws of the land. And so that will apply to any kind of uh, financial uh, document, yes, it can it can actually effectuate change. That's uh, one answer. Or we can also explain uh, we explain it within the the wording of the Mishnah and say when it says except for gite nashim, uh, actually we're going to make a distinction. And any any financial documents in a non-Jewish court are good if they are only for proof, like a document of sale. Um, but anything, not only Gita Nashim, we're adding uh, like Gita Nashim, any document that's like a Get Nashim in that it actually effectuates a transaction. A Get, a get is not there to, only to prove that the woman got, got a divorce. It actually is what makes her divorced by, giving, by the husband giving it and her receiving it. That's how she gets divorced. So anything like that, which affects the way to translation, a, a transaction, including a gift document that would be excluded, and so this is different. How we're now we're not saying in financial matters uh, all across the board. No, we're only going to rely. We only rely on non-Jewish courts when it comes to documents that prove something. But any document that effectuates effectuates a change will not be valid in a non-Jewish court. And tomorrow we'll analyze the rest of the Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Amen.